When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, 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 and you don't stop, and you won't stop, and you don't stop. Cutie the bomb, met her at a beauty salon, with a baby Louis Vuitton, under her underarm, she said, I could tell you rock, I could tell by your charm, far as girls, you gotta flock, I can tell by your charm and your arm, but I'm looking for the one, have you seen her? My psychic told me she had the music, Serena, Trina, Gina, for Lopez, four kids, and I gotta take all they bad Okay, get your kids, but then they got their friends. I pulled up in the bins, they all got them in. We all went to den, and then I had to pay. If you f***ing with this girl, then you better be paid. You know why? Take too much to touch her. From what I heard, she got a baby by Buster. My best friend said she used to f*** with Usher. I don't care what none of y'all say, I still love her. I did it all for the nookie. Come on, the nookie. Come on, so you can take that cookie. Now I ain't saying she a gold nigga, uh, but she ain't messing with no rope. Come on. 
you can take that cookie. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Uh, get down, girl, go ahead. I got the rap patrol on the gap patrol. Folks that want to make sure my cask is closed. Rap critics to save money, cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zap toes, you celebrate the minute you were happy. No, I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. I beat with radio, if I don't play they show, they don't play my hits, well, I don't give a shit. So, rap mags try and use my black ass, so advertisers could give them more cash for ads, fuckers. I don't know what you take me as, or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has. I'm from rags, the richest niggas, I ain't dumb. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Oh, I mean, we all got to hear that back. Jeez. If that doesn't get your week started with a bang, uh, you, you, you must not have ears because... It doesn't get better than that. That's so good. It's great. Welcome to So Bad It's Good, folks. My name is Ryan Bailey. It is Monday. The good news is that we have less than five days until the next thing that we call a weekend, a Saturday and Sunday, which I hope you guys had a blast. I hope you saw your friends and your family and you were safe and you didn't get sick and everything is good. I hope it was great. And now we just got to get through these next five days. I'm going to try to help you with that. And today's episode should really help you with that. We got Sophie Ross back with us with a uh you know our, our pop culture uh breakdown if you will and sophie what a professional you guys she was coming back from her sister's bachelorette party i don't know if you follow her on instagram but you got to see there was a lot of drinking it looked like there was a lot of it looked like a lot of fun uh, was had and uh, we talk about that but you guys her playing got delayed we didn't record this it's 10 41 p.m on the west coast so we got done around 1 a.m her time and she still did that that is uh that's dedication i mean for for real though thank you sophie for doing that that that's actually uh i i gave her a chance to get out of it and she she didn't take it so i really really love that about her i love all of what you guys have to offer as well um everybody good okay we established you had a good weekend and if you didn't we're gonna make this a great week uh let's get right into it folks uh not the interview i'm gonna talk a couple things and then we'll we'll uh we'll get to sophie uh let's see here it's just some basic things i I, i'm in arizona right now i think i told you guys that on the podcast on friday the real housewives of beverly hills recap which you guys thank you so much you have made that one of the most successful those recaps are, are, are just really starting. They're just getting really great numbers. It's kind of shocking. And I feel like there must be some sort of mistake being made, but it really is nice to see you guys responding to that. Um, I did get uh, one email in particular, one DM in particular. I'm not going to say her name because I actually really, I thought it was actually a really, it turned out to be a pleasant conversation. Um, but she said, and I, I'm just pointing this out because I, I'm not, uh, I don't need to explain myself, but in a way I just want to, because we're friends. Uh, said, Hey, love you. Love your work so much. You know what? But don't do the voices uh, on the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Don't you? Hi, American Jane. Don't do that. Leave that to the watch. What crappens guys. And you do what you're good at. And 
I wrote back and in the, you know, in the old days, I think I would immediately take not offense, but I would, I would internalize and think I suck and stuff like that. Uh, luckily I saw, I had seen the numbers and I had seen a lot of the feedback and it was just, it was really overwhelmingly positive. Um, and maybe a lot of people hate it, but a lot more people really like it. And I, I wrote, I said, Hey, you know what? I, I think a lot of people like it. And, and more importantly, I like doing it, you know? Like I, I, you know, I work really hard at these interviews, uh, doing research, uh, trying to put little pieces together, uh, 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 trying to find the right mashup, trying to do a lot of things. And so by the time it gets to those recaps, I just cut loose and it's silly and it's stupid and it's everything that I am as a person, you know? And, um, as for watch what crappens, I love Ben and Ronnie. I don't know two other people that have been more supportive of me. And I've known those guys for five years now before I was even, uh, doing really potty. I was guesting or something. And I, I knew those guys and, and just as nice then as they are now to me. Um, but like I've said before, I don't listen to watch what crappens because I would be afraid that I would steal everything because that's just, that's just, you, you can't, you can see it even with Instagram memes. People just steal. I not even, I don't want to use the word steal, but people absorb them and they end up coming out their own ideas. And I don't want to do that. But what I will say is when I have listened a couple times when they've come on, or I've seen one, uh, a couple of their live shows, they're geniuses. My God, the best there ever will be at this period. I mean, just literally the best. And also I love saying that because I also know they're the nicest. It's like the Tom Hanks of podcasting. If they were two dudes, just, you can't, that kind of commitment, that kind of dedication, that kind of, you know, uh, comedy, you just, that comes once in a lifetime, but that's them. I'm, me, you know, that's, and I said, I said, that's all I can do is try to be me and I'm, I'm being me, not trying to be them. Um, and I like my bad imitations and I like being stupid. And it, you know, what I said, and, and she was really cool is there are four other episodes a week that don't do silly voices. I mean, there's silly me, but they, they don't do that kind of extreme thing. I really take these interviews very seriously. And man, we had Monique Samuels on last week from Potomac. We had the Bravo docket on. We had Sophie on. Um, we had Joe De La Rosa from Orange County. I mean, I was so proud of those interviews last week. But that's what I love about this show, you guys, is that there's something for everybody. If you think that is too much, and I get it, there are other interviews you can you can listen to. And, and it was awesome. We had a kind of a nice conversation and, and that was it. But I just want to remind you, I love that you support me. I really do. And I'm trying to do, I, I'm trying to, uh, not please everybody. I, I want everybody to be happy, but at the same time, I'm trying to learn to make myself happy as well. And I'm a silly guy and I like doing silly voices and there they'll never be watch what crappens. Just like I'll never be Danny Pellegrino. All I can be is Ryan Bailey. And uh, my therapist will be very happy that I said this, but you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to point that out, but, um, just that always pick and choose what you want to listen to. I man, I would be thrilled as a pig in shit. If you listen to everything that I've ever put out, but I get it, man. There's only so many hours in the day. It's not your thing. It's not your thing. I get that. And also on that tip, somebody had sent me a DM who doesn't follow me, but listens to the podcast and, and they let me know that the, uh, Dame, uh, which is our sponsor again today. I don't think for the whole week, but just for today, one more day, uh, it was sex toys and said that was kind of cringe. And, I'm sorry that somebody feels that way. And she, well, you got to make, I don't know if it's a she or a he or, you know, she's like, yeah, well, you got to make money. 
I will say, yeah, I will say I have turned down ads that I don't believe in. But, and I'm going to say this, is that I have a lot of female friends. Um, they talk about um, uh, sex toys from time to time. And I'm not, I mean, I think the kind of shame around sex and, and things like that, as I grow older, I see that that, that, that can be a little silly and it, it can actually um, not be a great thing for people. Um, this is a company that is uh, owned and operated, uh, you know, and des- these are designed by women. And I thought that was kind of neat because guess what? A lot of women, they deserve to be able to please themselves without shame or anything like that. Um, to me, it's not a money grab. And if you thought, if you got to see what kind of money I was getting, you would know it's not a money grab, but I actually get to choose what I think are, are products and what I think that, that, that people might like. I primarily have a female audience. So I'm also sorry if that is cringe to some people or if that offends anyone. Of course, if you know me, if you listen to me, that's not ever my goal. Uh, but also as she pointed out that she just fast forwards through those commercials. So, you know, always, if you want to listen to it, great. If not, that's also okay. I I, I want to let you know it's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it. And also, I guess, there are other commercials somebody's emailing me that they're placing and I'm emailing iHeartRadio to figure that out because I don't know commercials are popping up in weird areas. I don't know what that is, folks. So I am trying to figure that out. Okay. All the business is out of the way. Uh, oh yeah. Just Patreon baddies. I will be posting, I believe Monday tomorrow. Um, and you, uh, you will get new episodes over there as well. Uh, on safety, really bad news. Limp Biscuit had to cancel the remainder of their tour. Limp Biscuit, of course, uh, renewing their fame from 20 years ago because Woodstock 99 premiered on HBO, which they were a big part of, and they played Lollapalooza last weekend. Uh, somebody close to them, I'm guessing, uh, got COVID and they've had to ca- cancel the remainder of their tour. We talk about this in the pod with Sophie a little bit more, but I was very sad. Counting Crows finally went back on tour after two years on Saturday night in Atlantic City, did an amazing show from what I heard, and immediately on Sunday had to cancel the next week's uh, worth of shows in Boston and somewhere else because somebody in their organization got COVID. So uh, this thing is still going around. I always try to say just be safe. Really, just be safe. Take care of yourselves. I know most of my listeners are healthy, supreme beings that COVID could never get them down. But on the off chance you hang out with somebody that is not a supreme being, uh, a non-so-bad-it's-good listener, we got to worry about them, too. we got to worry about the people that are less fortunate than the DNA, the the perfected DNA that this audience has. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Also, I'm still so hyped from that mashup. Do you guys, I don't know if I said this ever, when I do that mashup, when I finally find one, I put it into the garage band when I edit and I put it in there and I listen to the whole thing. Like I might just play a clip, but I, I played that whole one, but I always picture of it. That will be the, in my head, in my imaginary fantasy head, I always picture that'll be the closest I'm ever to being a rock star. Cause I picture myself backstage and I'm like, before I go on stage, I'm like, let's play that mashup to get the crowd amped. And they play it, and I'm back there, maybe drinking a beer, you know, talking to some friends. And then, you know those, like, movies where you see them slowly working their way back through backstage? It's like my Star is Born moment. And so by the end of that mashup, then I'm like, yo, what's up? It's so bad, it's good. That, to me, is the closest I will ever be to a rock star. So thank you for that. Um, 
This, uh, we are in, you guys, what I would like to say, the golden age of television. Not even just the reality shows on Bravo. We've got F-Boy Island on HBO Max that is worth checking out. Uh, somebody recommended to me, um, uh, the I think it's an orthodox life on netflix which i added to my queue and i'm excited to check out those uh, are getting a lot of amazing feedback but we have some things that you guys might not be aware of that premieres this week that i want to give you a heads up this is a throwback i am so excited for this they are finally bringing back on uh mtv cribs cribs you guys didn't you couldn't you didn't you remember like going to like high school or something and coming home and turning on cribs and you're just like one day i'm going to live just like puff daddy i'm going to have three swimming pools and an arsenal of cars i used to love cribs and then i found out years later that some of the cribs were not even their cribs they would rent cribs when they found out they were going to be on cribs and I always thought that was a, a fascinating, disappointing wrinkle. Do you guys remember the one with that actor Sean William Scott from American Pie? And he he, he uh, took a, he took us around his apartment. I always liked that one. But cribs. I, I said this in an inter- interview that you're going to hear this week. We talk a lot about MTV and where what what happened. Why do we see ridiculousness 24 hours a day? What is going on over there when they have one of the best back catalogs ever known to man, second only to VH1 and their reality shows? But think about that, man. They have Next. They have Pimp My Ride. They have Room Raiders. They had the Real World. They had the Real World Road Rules Challenge. For a while, MTV just had so much programming and is so on top of music videos. It is so sad now that it has been decimated to just ridiculousness and ridiculousness spinoffs. And then they'll show some like kind of weird, bizarre movie that has nothing to do with MTV. It'll be like all of a sudden like Jurassic Park, the MTV movie, you know, Bravo does that too, where it's like you guys are known for reality shows. Even when you put on Chris Lee knows best, I think that's potentially horrible and very off putting, but at least you're like, well, it's a reality show. These fuckers, they air like Harry Potter all the time. I'm like, what? Like at this point, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you own it, you know, or you can watch it on HBO Max unedited. Who is? And by the way, if this is you, I think you're amazing. But also, why are you watching Harry Potter on Bravo? You have to stop every three minutes for a commercial. It's just not fun. This is we've we've moving. We've moved past this science and technology have come so far. And I'm mainly talking about TV. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just so bizarre. But MTV is bringing back cribs. Also, that's on, uh, I think that's on Wednesday. Also, you guys, this week, we start The Challenge, a new season of The Challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies. Ooh, that's uh, August 11th. Um, now, this is funny. I was talking about this with a friend. You guys know, even though I'm one of the most, I'm one of the most manliest men that you guys have ever heard, I am not a big lover of sports, but I will say what I do love are sports documentaries. You guys know how much I loved the Michael Jordan, I think it was a six-part ESPN doc um, last uh, year. Well, there's a show on HBO called Hard Knocks, and they do it every season, and they follow a different football team, and I have been watching Hard Knocks every year. And I get really, to me, that is my football season is when Hard Knocks airs. And Hard Knocks, 
They're fo- focusing on the Dallas Cowboys comes out August 10th, you guys. August 10th, I'm very excited. I wish they had, if they did reality shows following these teams throughout the entire season, I would watch games. I would be so much more into it because Hard Knocks takes you behind the training camp when they cut people. It is so dramatic and so good. And there's some characters in there. There's humor. There's pathos. Um, It is really, really good. I highly recommend it, even if you don't like sports. It's just you can't go wrong with the reality show genre. So I highly recommend that. Of course, Ted Lasso uh, on Apple TV. They just released the third episode on Friday. I wish all of the episodes were out to binge, uh, but that is an amazing show to catch up to at this point as well. But we have so much great TV, so much. I wish they would make a TV show um, uh, or a reality show about my friends. So then I would actually be a part of it and go see them. You know, like that's the only way I feel like I'm going to have a life at this point is if we put it on TV, like, you know, like I'm like, well, that'll force me to be a part of it if it's a reality show, because I'll have to talk about it. So I will participate in my life. Um, One last thing before we get to Sophie is I went to um, I I came into town for my buddy's dad's memorial. Um, My buddy is a gentleman named Adam Lamb, and I'm going to talk about this after Sophie's um pod because I, I, you know, it it might be, I'm just going to have, sometimes I like to consider this my live journal and I like to talk my feelings out, but I'm not going to put that right here because I don't want to be overly sappy or emotional. If that's not your bag on a Monday, I totally get it. So I'm going to put it at the end, but I want to do this for me and for my buddy, Adam and his dad, Jim, who's passed on. I came in for a memorial service and my mom went with me on Saturday and it was, uh, it was, it was really, uh, it was a very beautiful, uh, experience to, uh, I know you guys have probably participated in things like this, but I'm very glad that I came in for that. Oh, and one last thing, you guys, the pancake cake was sent. Um, we had a listener of the pod. This was so cool. She sent me a pancake cake. You of course know the pancake cakes at Sutton brought to Kyle's La Quinta house. I say, I say, Kyle, what is this pancake cake? Let's dig into this. It's my horrible Sutton. Um, but the, the pancake cake finally came and it is just, it was actually great. My, my parents got to share this with me. Her name is so Susan Cohen, the listener. Thank you so much, Susan. I put some pictures up on Instagram of me and my family enjoying it. And I got to tell you, it's really cool. Uh, I think my parents are less worried about me once this podcast, you know, once people have started like kind of reaching out and saying they, they like me and, and like the pod and like them, they kind of, you can tell they're just relieved. There's just a light relief, but we had this pancake cake and I want to give you a quick, one minute review from Bill and Becky Bailey, my parents, who I am staying with right now. Okay, so Bill and Becky Bailey, uh, this is the the pod for the pod. They are trying pancake cake for the first time, which is actually turns out to be just small crepes. Now, uh, a listener sent this uh, to us, and this is like a really, oh, really cool. yeah, it's a really fancy cake. Uh, I'm really appreciative of this, but what is it? What does it taste like, Mom? This, mm. Is it better than sex? Jeez. Listen, I need the recipe for this. I can't afford it, but it's delicious. So this is from Susan. So thank you, Susan. What do you think, Dad? Fantastic. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, no. So uh, we we're having the pancake. This is was unrealized it was a Beverly Hills moment. Uh, well, yeah, I remember we wow. were looking. We looked up a recipe. Yeah, I, I thought it was pancakes on pancakes. So me too. That's really good. It's uh, crapey and creamy and ooh. Sounds so gross when you describe well, it food. It goes well with Bailey's and coffee <laughs> and cream. <laughs> okay, pie. Do you hear my mom go? Ooh, mmm, ah. It's just weird. Also, I love doing that uh, when I was just recording that with my phone and I had the phone on the the kitchen island and I swear to God, they're like posing with it like they think I'm filming them, even though they don't even I, I obviously don't have a camera in my hand. And my dad's like, ha, <laughs> it's so bizarre. But basically, uh, we the Baileys will try any food that you would like us to try. So please send Send me food at uh, 646 North Spalding, Los Angeles, California, 90036. Um, <laughs> that actually is my real address. Do not dox me. Okay, you guys, are you ready? Let us start this. Once again, Sophie Ross with the Pop Culture Roundup. We go through everything, folks. We go through... Greg Grippo, The Bachelorette, we do a big segment on that. Even if you're not into The Bachelorette this season, I think it is well worth listening to. But of course, we talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We talk about uh, Barack Obama's 60th birthday party. We talk about Jake Gyllenhaal smelling like a toilet. We talk about Taylor Swift's re-release of her Red album. We talk about Jen Shaw's court case and Mary Cosby's uh, court case uh, upcoming. We talk about Kanye West's listening party. Uh, I currently am wearing Kim Kardashian's GIMP outfit, just a leather black outfit that I've zipped up uh, that she wore the other night. We talk about Brandy Glanville's big hand. We talk about Britney Spears iPad. We talk about Lisa Vanderpump being a grandmother and so much more folks. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the one and only Sophie Ross. Welcome to uh, your Monday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is the episode that almost didn't happen because we have a real pro on our hands tonight. Uh, Sophie Ross, of course, uh, will not be joining us. She had her uh, sister's uh, bachelorette party, as you probably saw on Instagram this weekend. And she told us last week and she let me know that she got stuck in Newark. But then she said, you know what? F it. I'm going to still record with you when I get home. It is close to midnight where she is right now. She actually is with us. Sophie Ross, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. What a professional. Wow. It has been a very long day and just weekend. My voice is like a little bit raspy right now. So bear with me. You know, you (laughs) naturally kind of have a raspy voice anyways, right? Oh my God. Do I? That's a compliment. That's That's not a bad compliment. I've never gotten that before. I love that. I've always wanted to have, I like when my voice is like kind of raspy because it's like, you know, (laughs) sorry, Sorry, Miss Ross. Sorry about this. Mrs. Ross. Um, Wait. So your sister had the, um, the the bachelorette party and i followed on instagram i noticed you were at leva's republic last night the uh southern charm cast members nightclub i mean but how was the whole thing overall did you have to put anybody to bed early how did your sister do oh my it was so fun it was like such a fun weekend like it was obviously you know i was i was telling you that i was like planning it and like you know it was a lot it was 18 people originally it dwindled down to like 16 so it's still like a big group but like um, <laughs> you dwindled down to six that's nothing that's easy that's I know. so yeah it was a lot but it was like so worth it but yeah we went to republic and did you see the shoe i posted yeah mm-hmm. 
So it was the funniest thing. There was just, so we got a table, like we got, like it was our own area, own couch, table, bottle service, like whatever. We went all out and um, we got the cheapest table in the place. It was like right by the door, which was really annoying because everyone was just bumping into us walking. Did you in. say, let me talk to Leva. I write things for I didn't uh, even, Twitter. I literally did not put two and two together that it was Leva's restaurant. My sister, I think mentioned it. And I was like, wait, is it like, I it didn't click for me. And then you it, literally when you DM me, I was like, this is Leva's restaurant. Well, you know, um, so sewing down south, Craig's pillow shop wait, is right down the street. My sister saw Craig. Wait, but I tell you the shoe story. I have to finish okay, the yeah. shoe story. So this hot pink sandal is just like on the couch. And we were like, whose shoe is this? And then we were like, this girl right now, we were like, is this your shoe? And she was like, oh, yeah. Oh my God, thank you. Like we just found her sunglasses. Like, <laughs> how do you lose your shoe? She was like, oh my God, well, have I not been wearing that all night? I see like, I'm wearing was... the one. Um, but yeah, so my sister, right when we got there um, on Thursday, I was just like, I, you know, landed and they had landed earlier and they were like ready to like bop around. And I was like, you know what? After lunch, I was like, I'm just going to like lay down for a little bit. They saw Craig. The one time I was laying down during the entire weekend, they saw Craig at the pillow store. They literally just went in. Amanda said that they just like walked in and um, like literally was empty and they like didn't figure they'd see him. And then he just like strolled right in. It would be great if he was like uh, checking the cash registers and counting ones or something like something really basic. He's like, Missy, yeah. you can go on break now. Missy, it's your turn to go on break. I'm going to cover the front right here. Yeah, he's like literally working the register. That you could have instead of lying down, you could have been lying down with Craig if you had stayed up a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have put know. the moves well, on. I was like, I was like, did you like, you know, coordinate us meeting up with him? Yeah. She was like, no, we just like said hi. See, I have, I have a feeling you're her. the Ross. You're the Ross that does the coordinating. Right. I have a so feeling. She, yeah, she was like, if you were there, you would have like, you know, we would have been going out with them. I was like, damn it. It's so weirder to think of Craig with like a brick and mortar. It really is funny. Like, I, I think it's cool that he does, likes pillows and he sews pillows. But I think it is, it's kind of even in, more interesting that he has a brick and mortar pillow store now and that he actually stops in on a daily basis. And he actually has that law firm now. And he took like a really haggard looking photo by the, the water the other day. And his suit's not fitting in as well. And I have a feeling this guy is just running himself ragged between that and hooking up with Paige DeSorbo. It's just too much. Oh God. I mean, he has come a long way. You have to admit it. Like oh, I, he's doing eight jobs right now. But I know, I just, it's like, it's kind of crazy. The transformation. Yeah. My sister said the store was really nice. Like did anybody get run over this it. weekend? So you could call Conover. <laughs> That's his, you know, don't get oh, run oh over. Call Conover. Wait. Oh, now that you mention it, one of uh -oh. my, so one of the girls there, one of my sister's college friends, got ran into at Republic run over and like seriously sprained her ankle from getting just run, run over by this like really drunk girl. Call was the Catherine Dennis. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I know now she should call. She should call Craig. Was it, was it packed at, at, at uh, oh, it was packed. It was like too packed. Like I, we were like, I'm guessing everybody was masked up, right? Oh, totally, <laughs> totally masked up. But yeah, so like we actually, though, because because, you know, we have just some some girls in the group that just haven't gone out in a while. And they were just like, oh, my God, this is so much. I need to put yeah. on a mask. I wore my mask for like the first 10 minutes in there. And then my sister was like, you can take that off. But um, wait, what was I saying? 
you were just saying Republic is really packed. Is it packed? Oh yeah. So at our table, we kept getting just like bumped into, it was like so annoying, but again, we got the cheapest table. So I can't really complain. Like could have spent a little bit more and gotten like a nicer setup. So like, you well, how often does when you, when ladies go out, how true is it that they go out kind of eh, hoping, expecting the men to eventually to bump into guys that can buy the drinks? Well, like in this case, we, that wasn't a thing. Like in this case, we got the bottle service. Like we like, you know, we're ready to like throw down for ourselves. But Did any guys hit on any of the, the girls? Yeah. The party? Some, I mean, there were some boy toy situations here and there, but like, you know, um, nothing serious. There was some flirtation. Did any um, of the girls, uh, because they hadn't gone out in so long, did any of the girls hit it so hard that they like, had, there was some like big sick, sick things happening. Like people getting no, sick immediately or passing out. No, oh, I mean, if we really want to like get into who yeah. the let's, uh, let's go down the guest list. What about Je- Jenny? How did Jenny do this? Well, weekend? if you, if we want to talk about who the LVP is least valuable player of every bachelorette party I go to, it's a is fact it you? I'm, I'm LVP. This one, I was MVP at the same time because I planned it and I think I did a good job, but I was also LVP because like, I, I like threw up in the sink one night and you love a good public throw up. Like there is no, like, no, no, no. So it was weird. at, it was at our Airbnb. Oh, okay. I was like another public restroom. No, it was at our Airbnb though. And it was like in the middle of the night in the bathroom situation is really old house. And the bathroom situation was not ideal. By the <laughs> way, no one wants to know this story. I'm Oh sorry. my God. Everybody writes in saying they love these stories. Wait, do they really? They love, yes, they love okay. a good Sophie throwing up story. Are you oh, kidding me? Oh my God, that makes this me This is the way to start the that. week. This is magical. Okay. This I is love like, how it's like, a, it's a it's a series now. Like This Sophie is like Trump. Amazon's uh, upcoming Cinderella with uh, <laughs> uh, Camilla, Camilla Cabello or whatever her name is. <laughs> but anyway, so this is like, I'm sorry, it's like kind of gross, but I was throwing up in the sink in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, and the bathroom situation was not ideal. It was six. Why, wait, months. why not? Why not the toilet? Why the sink? Well, listen, <laughs> you're not even letting me finish the story, Ryan. I got, I'm trying to be a journalist. So basically just the bathroom situation was not ideal. And um, like literally there were 16 girls sharing four bathrooms. It was a really, really, really old house. And so I was like, oh my God, if I go in this bathroom, I'll wake up these people. I'll wake up my sister if I go in her bathroom. Yeah. She's the master. So I literally had to go like downstairs to the laundry room, like at the corner of the house. And I was just like, didn't know, like, you know, what was going to happen. And like, so I just went for the, for the sink and I ended up just throwing up in the sink and it wouldn't go down the drain. (laughs) And so I had to, I was like doing the water. I like was trying to like, so I ended up, I, I was like MacGyver and I saw, I went out, saw a red solo cup. Scooped it out with a red solo cup, flushed it down the toilet. Champion, man. That's that that doesn't sound like an LVP. That sounds like an MVP. Um, so at the end of the was your did you you've got to have like the stress off of you because this you've been thinking about this for a while, and it seems like your sister probably walked away very happy and probably really appreciative, right? Yeah, she had the best time. It was just in general, like the best time. Like it was just that's awesome. So fun. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, okay. So speaking of hygiene, one of the first stories I wanted to talk to you about you, you in terms of like the sink and the bathroom area, I don't know if you heard about this, you might've been offline for a good portion of the weekend, but, uh, there was a Cosmo Jake article. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal said he finds bathing to be less necessary. And what he says, this is fascinating because there seems to be a, a slew of celebrities really coming out against bathing, but he says in a new vanity fair article, Uh, The actor jumped into the bathing debate, stating more and more, I find bathing to be less necessary at times. I do also think that there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance. And we naturally clean ourselves. Uh, Thoughts. It's fucking disgusting. You look at me right now. Like as soon as I get home, I shower. You know what I mean? Like it just feels good to be clean and shower and get germs off of you, especially like during a pandemic. Like, Ew. And why are you telling people this? I, that's that's the thing. We don't need like everybody, whether you're a celebrity or not, we do not have to tell people every thought in our brains. Like this is how right. sad is it that Jake Gyllenhaal has been so famous for so long that he feels the need now to like, you know what? I guess this is the decade where I talk about my hygiene. I'd rather you be anti-vax than anti-bathing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather that. I know because it's just like alarming. It's like what? Wait, so you definitely smell like they don't realize they smell because they have. Yes, they're surrounded by. Yes. Yes. They're like, Ashton you, Kutcher, you smell amazing, bro. Ashton, yeah. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, too. Oh, I was so grossed out by that when they said they only bathe their kids when their kids are like physically dirty looking. I was like, is that kind of like child abuse? Or and like Dak Shepard that? and Kristen Bell, the same thing. They all that's, like, that's not good for a child. Like a child needs to be bathed. Anyway, everyone needs to be bathed. That's what my mom always told me. And the, the thing is, you don't want stuff like this catching on. You don't want some kid looking up to Jake Gyllenhaal and go, Mommy, I don't want to bathe today. Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal said I should not bathe. And the thing is, imagine being that like this kid, great actor, has ever like good looking guy, has women throwing themselves at him. And he chooses to throw this roadblock in the way like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, we expect not to shower. Right. We just know he's probably not a big shower. But this guy has the world is his oyster. And he's like, you know what? Let me destroy every let me destroy everything that I've built. And this is but I love it because this is where us average guys, this is where we can get in there. This is where like sometimes I'll shower two times a day. Like this is where is our moment. Like, Jake, if you want to do that, knock yourself out. But I had a lot of girls writing on my post like, well, I'd still hit it. Like, I'm like, that's horrible. Yeah, it's really gross. And if you I mean. Like just Jake Hill and Jake Gyllenhaal stories on Demois. Like so, he's like a very like popular Demois person, and just all the stories about him. I just like everything I read about him. I'm like, I don't think you're hot. Oh, and he always he's like obsessed with Soul Cycle. He probably like doesn't shower after Soul Cycle. Oh, just think about Gyllenhaal's sweaty nutsack. Just like like hail. I'm so I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, but it is. A horrible thing. And also, I think it's very interesting to tie into this because just on Friday, we also got the the big announcement that Taylor Swift, we got the uh, track by track release of she's re-releasing Red, her famous album, uh, because Scooter Braun, she's trying to take away streams. He owns the masters to that. So she announced it was coming out near Thanksgiving, but now she announced um like who was going to be on it like phoebe bridgers is going to be on it like this thing has 30 tracks and this is the album if i'm not mistaken revolving around uh what a douchebag jake gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal, yeah yeah i'm fucking pumped i'm really pumped like i i know that like 
I don't know. I just love, I just love that Taylor's doing this for herself and for her fans. Like she makes it fun to be like a fan of hers, which is why she has so many fans. Like she has like clues and Easter eggs and like, you know, like, like secret surprise drops and like all of this, like she does it for her fans. And like, it's just, you have to appreciate that because I feel like there's so many celebrities who could not give a fuck about their fans, like the Kardashians. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine Kourtney Kardashian trying to put together some puzzle for her friends. Like I watched the little video (laughs) Instagram announcement of this thing. I lasted two seconds trying to figure it out. I was like, and then I went on Twitter because I was like, oh, people have already done the work for me. And yeah, they were all piecing it together. I mean, these people could be cryptographers against like foreign governments. This is how good I mean, this is what I'm saying. Taylor Swift is radicalizing the youth of America because eventually she they call it the Taylor Army. Literally, it will be the Taylor Army. She's code breaking. She's training people to code break at this time. But wouldn't there be great if it was like a a bonus track that was just like just like you smell and we know it's about Jake. (laughs) Smelly Jake, smelly Jake. Smelly Jake. What are they feeding you? It's like you smell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, is there any possibility? This was the other thing I was thinking. Is there any possibility of a, we know uh, Taylor Swift is with Joe Allen, I believe his name is. Um, Joe Alwyn. Joe Alwyn, sorry. But is there any chance since we've had Benefer 2.0 that we could get a uh, uh, Jill and Swift 2.0? Is there any, I mean, is this, is this setting us up for anything or is it just, he's just D bag still? I'm a pretty firm believer. And like, once you, I don't know, I think I've said this before. I don't really believe in getting back with exes really. <laughs> you don't really, my religion teaches us not to get back with yeah. exes. <laughs> no, it's like, I feel like if you broke up, like I saw contrarian famous contrarian bravo historian tweeted she thinks kim ye she has a gut feeling that literally today i saw this tweet i think that she thinks kim ye will get back together she has a gut feeling and i've said this so many times on this podcast it's zero chance zero chance i feel like at that point kim ye were probably trying to do everything to make it work if they went through the whole process of divorcing no chance they tried everything and i feel like that's like when you break up with someone you bro- you are breaking up for a reason oh if you go through the whole thing of divorcing yeah like they clearly tried everything they would not go through this horrible process of divorcing if they hadn't tried everything there's zero chance they get back together like come on that's how i feel about just like a, a breakup in general it's like you you went through all of that for a reason like Clearly, you know, you broke up for a reason. Well, and also physically they couldn't get back together because Kim is now in that uh, black leather gimp outfit that Kanye made her wear at the, uh, so we did on Thursday night, I believe you guys, he did so weird. He did another live stream of Donda, uh, Donda, his new album. That's not coming out yet, but you guys, from what I hear, the album it sounds a lot better than the first live stream. And this time he put himself on these like cat, like these whole wire act where at the end he just floated up to the sky and you know, he had the kids. I mean, at this point, the kids are seeing things that no normal kids should be seeing, you know, like they're, they're seeing some wild stuff. I, uh, yeah, very strange. And I think that like, it's funny that, I don't know. I feel like the gimp outfit was like such an attention 
Like, it's just like thirsty. It's like a thirsty move. Like she clearly was trying to just like get attention. But don't you think Kanye said wear this? It's a balsia nega or however you say it. Yeah, and like she she knows that like Kanye knows how to like get her attention with his like crazy looks and ideas. Like she clearly wants attention because she, you know, they're, they got, did you hear the Kardashian Gossip Girl dig? No, no, I didn't get to see Gossip Girl this week. Oh, it's horrible. I couldn't even finish the episode. I <laughs> I was at the airport for so long when I texted you today because I just went to the airport with my cousins, even though their flight, like my cousin's flight was earlier than mine. Um, but I had nothing else to do and I still couldn't finish the episode. It was so bad. But anyway, they made a joke like, oh, like, are we going to do a couple's costume even though we're not a cu- couple like the Kardashians? And then one of the girls was like, ew, their name doesn't even come up on autocorrect anymore. Like saying they're not like relevant anymore. (laughs) I was like, it's official. Well, but I remember when Demois was on one of the first times I said to her, I said, I hear there's a new Gossip Girl. I bet it's the kind of show that eventually you will be name dropped in. And fuck, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a clairvoyant that they've dropped her name dropped her like three times so far i know Um, (laughs) did you see that outfit with kanye with all the black spikes all over it and he looked like a a weird umpire from like baseball but just with like all black it's like he's just getting it's like performance art at this time for people that don't realize that they're watching performance art so it's weird like i want i i just want to hear the album i want to hear the album but i also think of like wouldn't it be funny if he's like 90% of the album's work has happened in the last week. And like, he just seems like he's like, well, I, I want to do a stadium so show. Much hype. There's so much hype. And like, obviously, I mean, in my opinion, I think that Kanye's earliest albums were like the, the best. And his later albums are like, eh, like not, I'm not obsessed with them. Like Life of Pablo. Um, I was just talking about how 808s and Heartbreak Whenever I listen to it, it reminds me of driving to high school. Like I'm transported to like my cold, like trying to defrost my car and like driving in like the rural (laughs) Ohio roads. I mean, it's, there's, there's, there's something about an artist though, that is where they're okay with disappointing certain fan bases to actually maybe hit that pleasure button of being an artist within themselves. I saw it with Prince too, even though like I saw Prince, I've saw Prince live so many times. And one time he, he wasn't feeling it. So he left after an hour and you're just like, Oh my God. But then I've seen him nights where he'd play four hours. Cause he was feeling it. Like I saw Kanye do 808 and heartbreaks at the Hollywood bowl. There was like a two night thing that he did. And he just did that album. And, and then afterwards, no, not nothing else. There was no other like, now we're going to play some fun stuff. Like it was just 808 and Heartbreaks from beginning to end. And then he was out of there, you know? That sounds incredible. It was amazing. Like it really was amazing, but it was like as a piece of art, when you think of an artist, you're thinking of all like their, their wealth of hits that they have. I know that's his, that's my favorite album of his though. I would have loved that. Oh, then you would have like, I mean. If it was just like Life of Pablo's songs. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like now, no, I mean, there was, I mean, there's four good ones that I really love, but speaking of 
they did the Donda release the listening party uh, again, and and we still don't have an exact date. They're saying this week, but it's like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City trailer. Who knows? That was supposed to be out last week. Yeah, what the hell? Where is it? It was supposed to be last week. I'm now I'm getting curious, or now I'm just conspiracy theorists where they had to hold it back because we got some Jen Shaw news this week, folks. Jen Shaw, all of her, uh, this is fascinating, all of the motions that her uh, her lawyers filed for her all got rejected. All six of the things that like, so, and we got word this week that Stu Chains. Yeah, Stu Chains, he's turning against her. Is possibly doing a plea day will be turning on Jen. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's, I wonder if we'll see that, like all of the process of like watching Jen go with like friends turning against her. Do you think we'll see any of that? Oh my God. Like, I don't know, but it's getting really insane. Like she's screwed. They're going to make an example out of her. Yeah. And they're, they're, the, the trial looks like it's postponed now for because of uh, there was like a court issue and just actual courtrooms. Um, but uh, they denied her request for more details about her criminal charges. They denied it because the government has shown that it is in the process of responding to the defendant's request for information. Uh, they denied Jen Shaw's request for confidential grand, grand jury minutes because there is absolutely no basis for that relief. They deny Jen Shaw's request for discovery of Brady, Brady and Giglio material, which are two other defendants, uh, denied because the government already agreed to turn these materials over. Uh, they denied uh, Jen Shaw's request to compel the post-arrest statements of co-defendant Stuart Stu Chain Smith. They denied because the government said it does not anticipate it will seek to admit any portion of Smith's post-arrest statement in its case in chief at Jen Shaw's trial. Uh, basically, the court said that Jen Shaw admitted she already had several of Stu Chain's statements, and because the government isn't going to use them at trial, she doesn't need to see the rest, uh, which uh, also Jen, Shaw, Jen Shaw's claims that she involuntarily waived her Miranda rights was denied because the court found the waiver to be knowing and voluntary, nor did Shaw's difficulty reading due to the claimed dryness of her contact lenses affect her voluntariness of her waiver. Because remember, you guys, she said it was her dry contacts that possibly made her uh, agree to agree to waive her Miranda rights. So Jen, it's, it's, it's really is like you said, it's, she's screwed. And if you want to know more about this in a serious way, why did she waive her Miranda rights? Uh, I have no, I mean, obviously dry, I, dry contact, Sophia. I, but like, what? I just am so baffled by all of this. It's like, how could someone be so dumb? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very, very bizarre. But also at the same time, very Jen Shaw. And I, I mean, at this point, I don't think Erica Jane will serve time, but I know Jen Shaw will serve time. Oh, for sure. I'm still thinking about them. Maybe she didn't want them. Maybe she didn't want them to be set on camera. Like, right. I'm so there's got to be a reason and, and we'll probably find out, but I know. Cause we're going to see her arrest on camera. I'm just wondering how that works. Like, are they like, <laughs> you're under arrest do you do you want the Miranda rights or I thought they just automatically like did it 
I mean, the only other amazing thing would have been if she was drinking during this time, like she did during the season last season, and she would really pop off when she was drinking. Like, imagine somebody trying to arrest Jen Shaw after she'd been drinking. You, you wouldn't know? be able to. No, you can't deal with that kind of strength. I mean, um, oh but that is not the only Salt Lake thing that is happening, uh, you guys. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Mary Cosby charged with con- contributing to the delinquency of a minor. She pleaded not guilty to these misdemeanor charges. So uh, this is wild. Uh, Details of the charges, which are related to an incident that happened on April 8th, are not available. But according to charges, Cosby knowingly and intentionally harbored a minor and knew at the time she was doing so without the permission of the parent or guardian and that she knew or should have known that she was causing or encouraging a minor to commit an act which would be a misdemeanor or infraction criminal violation if committed by an adult. Mary Cosby says to E! News, Mary, uh, her rep said Mary is saddened that she was dragged into another family's domestic situation, but is confident that this misunderstanding will be cleared up soon. According to court documents, the recommended fine for Mary Cosby is $1,380. I mean, okay, wait, do we, do we know the details on the case? Like what actually is this? Who is this? No, I, I guess because they're minor. I think it might have something to do with her son's girlfriend. And what I will say is that I remember when I was in high school, like, you know, I had a buddy that had a huge falling out with his parents and my, my parents let him stay with us for a little bit. And I know a lot of families have done that over, and this could be that, you know, that is illegal without the, you know, permission. I'm yeah. But like, I think it's the fact that the parents, the parents didn't know, or the guardians of this person didn't know. So it caused like stress or like, they thought it was a missing person. Like, I don't know, like maybe it was clearly like, you know, she, she may have been irresponsible about it. Um, I mean, will, I don't know. Th- will this be in the show as well? Is I mean, yeah, is like, the show the just all, is the show just going to, or there should be a spinoff show of like Salt Lake City Courts, da da da, you know, locked up. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh my God, somebody sent me a Salt Lake rumor that I'll tell you after we record because it'll blow you. But like some, uh, so I heard a rumor that somebody might be. Uh, I don't know. Somebody might be coming out on the show. I don't know. I don't know. Like, so oh, I, on Salt Lake city on Salt Lake city. I, who I knows? think I heard this too. And that's all alleged. Like I get, yeah. I get like weird random. So I don't want to say anything more specific, but it's, I mean, if that's on top of all of this, we literally, I mean, it could be like Beverly Hills is like a shitty season all of a sudden compared to this. I mean, if we get people coming out, if we get people arrested and stealing, I mean, the, what else could there be? What else, what else goodness I mean, it's already a great season. Yeah. And it hasn't aired yet. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like an, a legendary second season. That's for sure. Um, okay, uh, let's see a couple other things. Wait, that- we need to get into Greg. Oh, yes, that's okay. You guys, Sophie has done a lot of I'm going to let Sophie take this from now because she has a lot of information that I would love for her to get through. All I will tear up with if you guys are watching The Bachelorette, Really pay attention to this next uh, section. If you're not watching The Bachelorette, really pay attention to this next section because this involves, from what I talked to with a lot of my girlfriends, something very common that a lot of men do, especially narcissistic assholes 
like potentially one Mr. Greg Grippo. Is that correct? Yes. Take it, Sophie. It was it was honestly really scary and like triggering to watch. I actually was watching it with my girlfriend. Basically, what happened was um, they had hometown dates and Greg throughout the season has been clearly the front runner. Like it's the one that Katie has given the most affirmations to like every he's had. He got the first impression rose two one on one dates. Um, Like literally every time she sees him, she's like. I literally find you in a crowd. Like when I'm at the rose ceremony, cause it makes me feel like, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm home again or whatever it is. Like she's constantly telling him things like this, like to let him know that he is her number one. So I guess they had, you know, this little like hometown date where they, where they met like his mom and brother, whatever. And Greg, you know, confessed that he was in love with her and she filled the hole in his heart after you know his dad died and Katie you know was wiping away his tears and kissing his hand and completely comforting him she has said throughout this that through la, 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 I'm, so passionate. <laughs> I'm so passionate that I'm like tripping it happens her. it happens she had said that you know a boundary that she was setting was that she was not gonna say I love you until her final person because that Which I thought was awesome. I thought it was awesome. It is, her. and it, like it, it really it makes sense. It really complicates things when you do that. Like you have to really kind of like save that for your and that's understandable. So um, when you know Katie responded to Greg kind of pouring his heart out, she said, you know, in a really loving way. I thought she was like. I just love looking at you. Like, I just, you know, she was really saying it with love. I, you know, I felt that she was just saying it. She was like, I can't say I love you, but like, you know, whatever. And he kind of like clammed up after that. And then literally, like, I guess in real life, Justin's hometown date was after this. But the show, the way they edited it was that Justin's hometown hometown date was before. And then... Katie and Greg's. And then, you know, we had a whole hour left. So it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Yeah. And um, Greg just, you know, goes to her room. This is right after Michael A did the same thing. So as soon as, you know, he walked in, she was like, oh no, God, what is it? And um, he basically started freaking out on her and, you know, saying, I poured my heart out to you. I gave you everything and you just first he made her get he was like, you know, in a pouty mood came in and she was like, what's wrong? And he was like, what do you think is wrong? Like making her guess, which is just like, just communicate. Are you 12? He and, is 12. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically made her feel like shit because her reaction in that moment wasn't what he wanted it to be, which I guess was like, I love you back, even though that was a boundary she had set. And, you know, she kept apologizing and kept reassuring him. She was saying things like, I know this is hard, but we're almost there. We're literally almost there. Like, just wait, it'll be so worth it. Like everything you can say to someone to let them know that they are the final one. And Greg starts kind of monologuing. And we know now that he was in acting school for two years. At William Esper Acting School in New York, which I almost went to. And I instead I went to LA, but I know Bill Esper before he passed away. But he went to William, he went to Bill Esper Acting School, which is like a offshoot of Sanford. I'm not gonna Sanford Meisner, but he went, that's a bit, that's like a that's an intense acting conservatory. 
with a lot of famous alumni. Like I can't think of it, but I know a lot of famous people of like yeah. whatever. And he was like monologuing in a way that was like such an overreaction. And she was apologizing and apologizing and really meant she was crying and reassuring him. Like you were like basically trying to tell him you're my number one and literally sobbing and like pleading with him. Like, don't do this. Like, I don't understand. He's like, you would let me be in this kind of pain. You would let me be in this pain right. right now. And everything she was saying, she was like, I, I told your mom that you were my number one. He was like, why do you have a list? Like, it's The Bachelorette, dumbass. Like, do you know you where applied? you are? Oh, and we also know now that he's applied multiple times. He applied to Hannah Brown season. He was supposed to be on um, Claire season originally. They even did the headshots. And, like, he has another headshot. And um, someone wrote into me, who I confirmed knows him, that he has been obsessed with being on The Bachelorette for a really, really, really long time. Like a really long time. So it's just like gross. Like from the get go, it's like you weren't here for Katie. You were here just to be on The Bachelorette and be famous, whatever. So anyway, going back to the scene, he literally freaks out on her, says, you know what? This makes me sick. And storms out as she's crying and bawling and pleading with him. She's catching up to it. Like, but you're right. She's pleading. She's begging, which is that's when it gets into textbook, the the textbook. Yeah. Narcissist stuff that we always read about and hear about. Yeah. Because I was watching that like, oh my God, he has no empathy. This is not someone you love. This isn't how you treat someone you love. If there was someone I love and want to marry, if, if, you know, the day before I was talking about marriage with, I would be, you know, trying to work this out. I wouldn't storm off. So, oh, oh, before he storms off, he goes, I'm done with this. I missed that crucial part that he basically was like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm removing I'm myself. Yeah. I'm removing myself. I'm done. I'm not happy here anymore. After he had just said, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life with you. So Katie is sitting there like so confused as to what she could have done. That is the gaslighting. She is wondering what she did to make him react like this because it was such an overreaction in a way that made it seem planned and like he had practiced it in the mirror and there's nothing she could have said to change his mind because this was like his plan to who knows become the bachelor who the fuck knows but that's not how you treat someone you love at all so everyone's saying he was so heartbroken he never gave a fuck about her if that's how he's treating her now so katie goes chasing after him she is on her knees pleading with him and begging for him to stay. And he's like, hi, you guys, he's like crying in a corner outside this hotel, you know? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you found me. Oh, what was it? My loud tears. You know, it was very Erica Jane in the bathroom at Kyle's house this week. It was very that. Yeah. And she was like trying to hug him and comfort him. And he just pulls away, walks away. I forget what he said. He was like, I deserve better than this. <laughs> I deserve better than what you've given me. She has been nothing but amazing and loving and reassuring and honest. The way that people are villainizing Katie and, and Greg leaves didn't even hug her goodbye. Just left. He's a selfish piece of crap. It and was, this was the day that he, he, she, his, her mother met him, you know, his mother was, met him. Yeah. You know. It was honestly the most brutal breakup and just the most like, it, it was so cold manipulative yeah. all of i mean yeah it, it was horrible and it's like at, 
Oh my God. It was so, and I was with my friend, like I said, and we were both like, that was, he's completely gaslighting her. And the way that the audience, the bachelor nation audience is so split 50, 50 is wild. Are they really, wait, are they really split 50, 50? Because I mean, I've seen I, a, it's like 25, 75. Okay. Cause I was like, I've seen me here. Here's the Reddit, I, I, bachelor Reddit is fucking awful. They are completely team Greg. What? Guys, folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's your old friend, Ryan. You did not start the pot over again. It is commercial time, but also a commercial for a brand that I am proud to represent, and that is Dame. So we've talked about on this show before that we should definitely seek out what's right for us, not compromise on what is most important. Now, our relationships, they should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom, right? So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Now, Dame Products, this is why this company is cool. It is a women, a woman-owned sex toy company. They're making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. I've said vulva way too many times already. So it's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world 
one vulva at a time. So their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, which is a very valid journey, by the way, and everybody should have a journey of self-exploration at some point. But we are sure here at So Bad It's Good that they will earn a spot on your nightstand. Now, I personally recommend the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. Its flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Listen to that, okay? Like, really, 60 days Satisfaction guaranteed. That's a huge thing, hassle-free returns. So go to dameproducts.com, D-A-M-E products.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Even if you don't buy something, folks, go use my little www address and see if you like something on there. You never know, right? You never know. And I will tell you the last time that this commercial uh, was on uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple people bought products and they said they're really good. And I, I, I have a product um, that I guess, guess I'm waiting for the uh, right person to break it in with. <laughs> fake it in with but you guys this is the real deal this is a real company they seem to be doing it the right way and i think it's really cool that a woman uh founded this and then it's run by women you can't have better than that women know what women want so okay i have talked about this way too much mom if you're listening i got you one too mom <laughs> get back to sophie wait they hate wait, they reddit, hate wait, reddit is usually it. pretty smart i don't get it no they're blinded by their hatred i guess a lot of I don't understand because I really like Katie. I think she's been a great bachelor. I think the only thing guilty is she's a bad dresser, and I don't even think that's her oh, fault. Well, that's her style, I think people style her in this weird yeah, kind of like Kmart like mom yeah. outfits, you know? Yeah, her outfits are definitely oh yeah, and I feel bad for her. Like this, this must be awful for her having okay. to watch watch and yeah, people are defending him online and trashing Katie. If you go to Reddit, it's really just trigger warning, by the way, for people. I've gotten a lot of DMs from people who've been in relationships like this, and they including my, you know, my own like sister. Like she has been, you know, in a situation like this before. Like it's very and you know, a lot of people I love and people, including, you know. Not to the same extent that, you know, some people I love have been in, but like I've been gaslit by guys before by like, you know, New Jersey fuck boys, just like Greg, like he is the classic, like New York City type of fuck boy. I think every I woman out there has been gaslit man's play. I mean, we, we've right. done something to every woman out there in America. And that's just, you know, that's, that's just facts. That's like, but at the same time, sometimes when you're younger, you don't know the right ways to behave as a person, as a man towards a woman. You don't know these things. This man is in his thirties. This man should know this man. I watch this and I have mashed potatoes for brains. And I even go, wait a sec. Is he literally trying to make her feel bad that she, she already was up front with him. He knows I go, I kept saying out loud. I go, does he know what fucking show he's on? This he wait, I the Bachelorette didn't just change this. This has always been. This is this is how the Bachelorette yeah. he knew and, what he was signing up for. But you know, a man that 
you know, love is a gamble is a risk, whether you're on TV or not. But the thing is, you don't then make somebody feel bad when the rules of the game have been set up. You you have a quiet confidence or you shut your mouth and you pray for the best. If you really love the if you really love this person, which I don't think he really loved. We already got a Dumois uh, spotting this weekend, you guys, where Greg was with uh, uh, a girl. Wait, before we get to that. Oh, because you had a lot of that. Yeah. So I've had people that literally know Greg personally, and I've verified with photos and screenshots and these people know Greg personally. And I can 1000% verify that all of these Demois stories about him are true, which there's a lot, but basically it confirms what we saw. And when, you know, these Demois stories came out, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, well, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Like we haven't met him yet. We'll see. He completely, his mask completely slipped it completely slipped. And then, so if you go to my Greg highlight, you can see all the stuff compiled. And once you see it all compiled, it's very damning. And I guess someone sent it to Katie and Blake looked at it. Blake Moines. Blake, wait, um, Blake looked at your stories? At my Greg highlight. Yeah, Blake and Katie. And then Katie DM'd me. And um, the Bachelorette folks, Katie slid Katie into Sophie's DMs. She basically reacted. Okay, wait, let me find it. Um, but she and you guys reacted. just go to Sophie in Sophie Ross's Instagram tomorrow. This is all saved in a highlight reel. Go. This will be a great visual thing that you can uh, look at throughout the pod and go follow her as well if you don't because there's so much good information on there. Um. Oh my God. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So she just reacted to my. <laughs> I she reacted with like a laughing emoji to one of the highlights making fun of him and I was like oh my god I love you Katie and she says your story highlight was sent to me and I said you know Greg sucks blah 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 she goes I appreciate you bringing attention to things people aren't talking about this is gaslighting narcissistic emotional abuse which has been confirmed to me by you know some of his past flings like he literally is a is a known gaslighter um this and is like breaking news, folks. This is really honestly because the Bachelorette finale is tonight. Yeah. Um, and Katie says, you know, like in so few words, um, he needs to be held accountable for this. Like he has a big, big platform and people need to know this isn't OK. And this is, you know, you need to get therapy, basically. Like, please get help. Um. And, and also, you know, we were talking about how people don't realize that gaslighting happens unintentionally. And, um, Katie says, it just means you need to accept it and learn and grow from it, which she's so, she is emotionally intelligent, which is like, I don't get how people are seeing her as the villain here. It's like the complete opposite. Well, remember women on Reddit. Women at the end of the day will always be the villain. Remember, that's just how society looks at women, I believe, is that if they if you can blame a man or a woman, I think women are always going to bear the brunt of that. But I, I don't I, I, Katie's like not my I mean, I don't I, I was about to say Katie's not my favorite bachelorette, but like, come on, I'm a grown man. I don't have a favorite bachelorette. I like Katie. I like Katie. But the thing is, I don't think Katie Katie has done this on the up and up. Katie has had a rough season for so many reasons, COVID being one of them. Um, but I felt like she's handled herself with grace and a plum, and she was very honest with Greg. And Greg, like you said, was the front runner. We all knew it from the beginning. He kept doing those notebook, like where he would like have her jump into his arms and pick her up, like Ryan Gosling in the notebook. Yeah. It was so 
weirdly manipulative and you only know that he was really good at it. And that when he switched like that, that's when you realize you're like, this is like Edward Norton at the end of primal fear where he like switches into a whole nother person. Uh, it, it just was really disturbing to watch. And for me, I was just like how this was so clear that I'm shocked people on Reddit. Like, I don't know what the defense would be because then all these things came out of the acting, the uh, he did not have a job as a teacher up until oh. like two years ago. No, he's not a teacher. He's no, 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 no. This is OK. Yes. So he was in acting school from 2017 to 2019. And applying to The Bachelorette that whole time. So everyone being like, why would you go in The Bachelorette if you want to be an actor? Because how many people make it as an actor? You can make you can make it so much easier being on The Bachelorette. And um, like, sorry, I'm getting really worked up about this because you I should be worked up. This is passionate. This is I know. Is- I'm sorry. I'm like yelling into the, my computer and it's like 1230 here. <laughs> I'm like screaming. My neighbors are like, why is she awake and screaming about The Bachelorette? <laughs> Man, we're going to need to do a welfare check. Yeah, but he was in acting school for two years and um, has been living at home until he still lives at home. He literally lives at home and which is there's nothing wrong with that in New Jersey, but it's not a man that's ready for marriage. And that like wasn't discussed on the show. Here's your Romeo, ladies and gentlemen. He he lives with his mom. He started his marketing sales rep job in November 2020, even though he graduated like his actual college in 2016. I mean, he's going to acting school like. That's legit, but that was like not discussed on the show. So it makes me wonder, like, was he, did he disclose that on the show? And they said they're, they're going to talk about that at after the final rose. Like, yeah, Tasha said in an interview that, yeah. oh, you bet we bring this up. And all this, uh, also, Tasha and Caitlin Bristow have signed up for the next season of the bat they're they're coming back as hosts so whether you liked them or you didn't like them they're coming back i thought that i I thought it was a little too like you know slumber party for me like where it was like let's do each other's hair and like that's why i liked it i loved how caitlin was i loved that moment i when when katie oh my god just my heart broke for katie like literally my heart just broke for her it was the most upset that I've ever been what I usually don't get that invested in this but I think because it was such a brutal like I said it was the most brutal breakup we've usually it's like you know at least they hug each other at the end and say you know I hope you I hope you like yeah you know whatever and like what happened with Michael A Michael Greg Greg literally was like I deserve better than what you've given me and stormed off and she was so confused and crying in the bathroom and Caitlin was there knocking on the door and was there to, you know, rush in and give her a hug and comfort her when she didn't want to be in front of cameras. And she felt so alone in this process. And she felt so bamboozled and gaslit and confused and heartbroken. Like Chris Harrison would never do that. Well, no, Chris Harrison hides in bushes. Then he's like, hello, how are you? Like, he, but uh, Sophie, I, I, I appreciate that. But at the same time, Come on. Like she was probably eating a cheese sandwich in her room. They were like, Hey, we need you right now. Get a taste. Where's Tasha? And Tasha's well, she's in the shitter. Okay. Caitlin, we need you right now. Uh, go in there and you got to say something. Cause you, she's like, Hey, I Katie, know. you no, know, but I still thought it was like, it was, it was sweet the way she did it. How she was like, what? Like, Katie yeah. was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. And, and Caitlin was like, I'm, you don't have to talk to me. I just want to make sure you're okay. And that I'm here for you. And like, whatever she said, it was just very sincere and sweet. And like, I, and also that Tasha was on fucking team Greg also and Nick Vile, fuck Nick Vile. And yeah, Demi I, I've never, I've Fuck never Demi been Brunette. 
I well, so Demi Burnett, you guys, if you don't know Demi, she's been on uh, the the Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Not, and we're Confederate flag jacket. She's a bisexual. She had her girlfriend on in Bachelor in Paradise, and now she's uh, dating men again. Uh, but she came out in a tweet saying, you know, I. I, you know, I stand behind Greg and da da da. And there was a rumor. This I don't think this has been proven that the the Bachelor Nation had been paying some of these big I'll Bachelor people. Yeah, please. I'll read the Twitter interaction because Batch Nation scoop actually, and they've been getting trashed by Reddit because they are actually like, you know publishing, you know, the truth, which is that Greg was gaslighting her. And um, people on Reddit can't handle that. So they like are, you know, very anti this account. Um, wait, I'm trying to hold on. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, but there's um, so oh, much I information. Found it, I found it. So Demi's so Demi's tweet said, this is the worst tweet ever. She goes trigger warning again for people who've been in, you know, emotional, abusive relationships or just abusive relationships in general. Demi goes. I like Greg and I'm not sorry about it. I've met him and he's a really nice person and a good friend. We all make mistakes dating. That's how we learn. He does not deserve all the hatred. I will die on this hill. And I said, this is such a terrible take. Oh my God. And someone goes, part of me believes members of Bachelor Nation are being paid to defend him. And I said, they literally are from what I've heard, which is that they were adamantly trying to make Greg the next Bachelor until the audience reaction happened. And they're paid Batch Nation spokespeople, Demi is still getting paid for Bachelor in Paradise, are trying to save his sinking ship. And it also makes me wonder if Greg shows up in Paradise because Demi says she's met him. Oh, that's a great putting to, but I, and this they is, wouldn't have shown him in the previews because that would have been a spoiler. See, but this is what scares me is that like, to me, this is so clear. This is so black. This is so black and white. This is so clear. And then the fact that there's argument, that's what scares me about life in general. It's like the Erica Jane thing. I see all these things very clear and, you know, very, and, and, and yet people are still arguing that this guy is a great guy. And I'm like, we've literally seen filmed examples that he is not a great guy. Oh, yeah. He's lied about being in acting school. He's lied about all of these things. Now it's coming out. You've had multiple people that have known this guy reach out to you saying stories about how, I mean, you had friends of friends of this guy who are like, oh, we always, I, I mean, I don't know what you've told me and what you've actually posted. So I'm not going to say, but you've oh, actually yeah. had a lot of examples that this guy did a lot of, he was just the oh, guy yeah. that was always treating women kind of bad or and it was I, all about himself. Yeah. And I've t- spoken to women directly that have, you know, had flings or whatever with him and they all, it's like very hard for them to see, you know, this, like the nation font it, like it's been terrible. And it's very, I feel like it was kind of cathartic for some of them to like, you know, see his mask slip and for everyone to see the real him finally. And, um, I'm like, you know what, even if he does on after the final rose, I don't, I, I don't think he's, I think he's going to keep digging himself in a hole and same with bachelor in paradise. His mask has slipped. We know who he is. Like we know who yeah, he is. It, it is funny. Once so much. Yeah. 
goes up there, it's like the audiences are pretty sophisticated where once you get like a strike like that, like you'll have like a lot of fans, but you're always going to be kind of like, there's an asterisk next to your name. You will not be perfect. Like if you guys remember all the way back to Bob Guinea, bachelor Bob, when the, the friend, like he was, you know, like there was never really anything bad that came out of that guy. He was just like a good hearted dude. And this is like a good hearted dude. But now all of a sudden that like that mask like slips, like you said, and we see a whole different side and it's hard to put that back in a box and like pretend that he's this great guy anymore. Somebody else said he looked like Zach Braff the other day and I can't get it out of my head now with that floppy hair. Oh um, my God. And to think, I really did think he was, he was hot. And now that I like know who he is, I'm like, Oh, disgusting. And well, so the Brie thing, the Brie thing has been debunked. Brie posted that she, she's with her boyfriend. She posted on her Instagram story. Oh, that she was not, She's not with Greg. She posted her holding her, her boyfriend's hand and said, my current relationship status. So that was her shutting it down. Wait, who was, who was Greg spotted with? Bree. Bree. So that was just her was boyfriend, Bree. not Greg. No, but who was Greg with? No, that was Bree and Greg together, but they were just hanging out as friends, I guess. Okay. So this guy shouldn't even be able to walk around New York like that. Um, don't you think though, this will be actually a real litmus test on tomorrow nights uh, or tonight's after the final rose to see, I think this is going to be hard or I hope Caitlin and Tasha like do good. I mean, that's always, I think it wasn't like Chris was like stellar, but he did kind of, there was a certain decorum to these. So it'll be interesting to see how they do there after the final rose. Um, But uh, yeah, so that was, that's that go to uh, Sophie's Instagram highlights. It's all there. Like I said, there is so much information in there to, to, to poke through, but I think this is a really good conversation to have because so many of my friends that are women, have gone through this or go through this. Or I think a lot of us men too, are just like naturally sometimes these instincts or these insecurities come up and we treat women. And, you know, even if you're gay, you might treat other men poorly because of this deep insecurity or this deep lust for like thirst for fame or something. It's just very weird. And uh, to me, it's very clear to see how bad this is. Um, Okay. Moving on to a couple other things. Uh, It was Obama's 60th birthday. Uh, If you're not an Obama fan, that's, you know, on you. (laughs) Okay, so they did this at, uh, I believe, a a place in Martha's Vineyard where he has a place. um, And he had like a five, he was going to have a 500 person party for his 60th birthday. Star studded, you guys. But then, of course, COVID is making its way around and he had to cut the guest list. And this is the part that makes me laugh of think like seeing who made who made it and who didn't make the cut so like right off the bat we hear nancy pelosi got disinvited which cracks me up like imagine getting disinvited from obama's 60th birthday it like there's a couple in here this is from the daily mail uh you uh you oprah winfrey got disinvited it says but there's no way that's true right how do you? Yeah, I find that hard. No, I who you can't disinvite. No, over. that that has to be a lie of some sort. Yeah. No. Um, the Daily Mail doesn't always get it. I mean, it, so Larry David, Nancy Pelosi, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey supposedly didn't get invited. But the people that were there were Bruce Springsteen, um, uh, Tom Hanks, Don Cheadle, 
all these musicians were there, Erica Badu. Uh, I, the Daily Mail did this, like they had all of these specialty liquor uh, stations. The food looked amazing. It looked really cool. I just finished uh, listening to Obama's uh, autobiography uh, today, actually. And I really thought there were pieces of that were that were just chilling. Like the Osama bin Laden takedown story was just amazing. Um, but it is interesting where, you know, with this pandemic, you, n- none of us can get it right. You know, none of us can get it right. Like whether, you know, like I want to go to a concert, you know, I want to go like, you know, it's weird. Like even like, should he have done a 60th birthday party in while we're still in a pandemic? I mean, who knows? Like he had to cut down the list, but at the same time you want to celebrate. This is very, like all of us are doing our things, wanting to get on with our lives, but it is funny, but it is also funny to think of like, did you see those photos of Chrissy Teigen running around? And I'm like, you only got that in bike girl. Cause of John legend. Yeah. She's very lucky that she's married to John legend. Also. It's like, I love how she can never miss a chance to like tag along. Like, any any event, any like Zoom. Remember all of John Legend's like Zoom calls that he did during the pandemic or whatever with all the the other celebrities. They were like, remember that with like Brad yeah. Pitt and Chrissy was like, hi, and she was like fully in hair and makeup. Yeah, she did all these photos. You guys coming down the banister stairs, and I'm just like, it was like it was her 60th birthday party, her coming out party, and it was like, girl, you are lucky. John Legend has an actual real talent that like, you you know, being a singer is invaluable at these kind of parties, but you get it. I mean, it's so, but see, here's another thing we're talking about. Asterisks with Greg Grippa, Greg, it's the same thing with Chrissy. Now my mind just kind of goes towards like a negative thing because then I was thinking about like, man, I wonder if she gets scared of these big parties where people are going like, Tom Hanks goes, Hey, I was reading a little bit more about you. It turns out you bullied somebody. You were bullying a lot of people. Like, I just wonder if that ever happens to her at these big star studded events now. Well, for sure. And I actually said the same thing when I, I forgot who I was talking about it with, but I was like, once you get outed kind of as like a, a narcissist with a, a, like, you know, you, you kind of lack empathy for people and that you like are kind of semi a bad person. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no going back for that. It's one thing to make a mistake, but when you get outed as having bad character, like you are a bad person to your core, like everyone kind of just knows who you are at that point. They don't want, they don't trust you. Yeah. I mean, that is something that I think about all. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So Lisa Rinna, here's a good Lisa Rinna as we start winding down and get it a little bit into a Beverly Hills Lisa Rinna, man, you gotta, Lisa, if you're listening, first off, stop cackling. It's not that funny. Secondly, stop uh-huh. asking, stop letting us know that you want to be on these shows. Uh, Lisa Rinna in an Instagram story said she is loving what these Potomac ladies are bringing and she wants to be in there and mix it up with these ladies. Lisa, you barely do anything on your show besides co-opt other people's storylines. We do not need you just because you like it doesn't mean anything. Just sit your ass down and go hug Erica Jane a little bit more when people are making like you were up Denise Richards ass last year for like minimal crap that had nothing to do with you. And now you're standing by Erica Jane and her story is falling apart. Did you read the Reddit thread of all of the inconsistencies in Erica? Jane's oh, yeah. Story? Oh, yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. And oh my God, this past week, like going after Garcelle, like what is she doing? She's such a dumbass. She just can't keep her own story straight. 
Garthel, why did you go after me once and twice to stop it, Garthel? And she knows she's mic'd up. She knows she's mic'd up. You go into a bathroom and go, I've been open and honest. You know, what a bizarre. Did you think about how interesting that line is to say, I'm, I've been open and honest? While you're the door shut, you know you're mic'd up. To use the word honest is very telling. Like, I want this, I want this entered into the court records. I've been very open and honest. Do you, Sophie, do you cry ever? Do I cry ever? Have you ever gone into the bathroom and cried at a party like, or something like that? Or like literally it? today. Okay. Did you <laughs> say words out loud when you were crying in the bathroom? Not to myself. No. Okay. So I'm, what I'm saying is that like, is it normal for Erica Jane to go in there and go, I'm an open and honest, I can't do this. Was she in there by herself though? Was yes. there someone in there with her? No, she was in there by oh, herself. She said I she thought, had to go tinkle. Oh, for some reason I thought she was, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Exactly. I was like, I don't know. I don't talk out loud to myself when I'm crying. Exactly. She wants us to hear these things. And people get me confused. I do believe she was really crying, but I believe she was really crying because I believe she's frustrated that she slipped and it's, it yeah. is all too much. But by the way, even if you're a liar, it doesn't mean that it's not stressful on liars. You know how stressful it is to keep that many lies going? It's got to be a pain in the butt. And it's got to be, there are, there has to be very emotional times for Erica Jane because she realizes how much trouble she could potentially be in. And, you know, what, what is your, I, I wanted to talk to you all week about this. She, it came out that Tom, uh, she let it know that Tom calls her every day of like, you know, come back, Erica, come back. Oh, how Please reconsider, which by the way, doesn't sound like a man that's fully incapacitated, but also to me, it then makes Erica kind of an asshole. Cause it's like, if you were going to hold that man's hand till you died, well, if you weren't warned or tipped off about these things, so you just left because you were watching this man fall apart and you didn't want to be there by his side, like it makes her then just kind of like a weird, like cruel person as opposed to somebody that was, sa was saving their skin. Well, don't take anything she's saying, like, seriously. But That's, we're trying you, you I'm Literally everything she's saying is a lie. She's literally just in collaboration with, and she's trying to see what I said this, that she's literally trying to see what sticks and it's, she's throwing everything out there, not realizing that all of it sliced together makes her look like <laughs> such a fucking dumbass. We're just workshopping this. We're going to really put it together by the end, the actual story. Like she's such, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it literally, that's what I'm thinking. So it's like, it's there, there's no deeper thought there. Like there's no, she didn't think any of this through. Like, is he, is he like this really incapacitated, like, or is he, you know, the suave, like playboy who has all these mistresses wheeling and dealing, or is he begging for her back? Like none of it makes sense because none of it is true. They're literally just trying to save and hide their assets. So she's trying to come up with like other reasons for divorcing. I, to me though, it is so watchable. It is so, yeah. I, I really, and, and this week supposedly is when Sutton is like, I, I want to stay as far away from air. Cause I can, I say, I say, I, I don't, I don't think this is wise. And like, I love that this is going to be like, could, don't you think it's kind of interesting to see that the pendulum fall the other way of people starting to back off. I am ashamed to admit something. I might have walked past Erica Jane's Hancock park house this week. 
on a walk to get exercise and I might have walked find the cliff. No, no, no. Her one she lives in right now. Oh, oh, because you're okay. Oh, her her yeah. Range Rover was outside and, uh, you know, it, but it's a really guys, I'll never live in something this nice. And like, she's acting like, you know, a Range Rover is a welfare car or something, you know, I'm like, live a day in my Toyota Corolla toots and then we'll talk. But yeah, I, I was, I was walking by my friend kept egging me on and, uh, she was like, you should do a cameo in front of there. And I was like, no, I think that's, I, I, I even have standards, but it really, uh, it's very chilling to walk by Erica Jane's place. <laughs> it's, I, guys, I know it's, you creepy. wonder, you, you want to know what's going down inside the four walls there. There has to be a lot of, a lot of stress and a lot of sketchy phone calls. You just hear Mikey Minden, like step ball change, step ball change, go, go. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, some quick hits. The baby deleted his apology to the uh, LGBTQ plus uh, community. He sent an apology, which I read to you guys on Tuesday's episode this week. He has since deleted that apology. Yeah, he's just <laughs> such a piece of shit. He sucks. It's so it's like okay, so you take it back. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, you took it back. Brave. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brandy Glanfill is feeling so much better after being hospitalized for a potential spider bite. I did this on my Instagram all week. Brandy Glanville, usually when she tweets late at night, you know, she's been drinking, but this time she tweeted and her hand was five times the size of a normal woman's hand. It looked like, and she was like, Oh man, I got a lot of errands to do on Tuesday. I don't have to time to go to a doctor, but people were like, you might want to do that. That looks really bad. And then she went to the doctor and it started looking like it was like gangrene or something. And she goes, well, looks like I'm staying here. They said I might have to cut it off if I leave. And oh. it's just like, guys, you, it was wild. If you didn't see it, she left it up because Brandy Glanville has fire content, but it was just, it looked like the hamburger helper uh, hand, like the hamburger helper character, the big, the big hand. It was so weird to see, but, that's what scares me about Brandy is like things like this are just going to start ha- like she's going to have things like fall off, you know? Oh, Brandy, 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 Brandy. But you also I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, she's she's you kind of reap what you sow in life. Karma misses no one. Not that anyone deserves to have a limb fall off, but like a spider bite. Maybe it was Carlton. <laughs> Carlton Gevia, uh, an amazing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast member that doesn't get her due nearly enough. Speaking of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills characters, congratulations goes out to Lisa Vanderpump, who will be a grandmother soon. Pandora announces she is pregnant this week. And I, you know, just we all saw Lisa Vanderpump's love of Pandora. So I'm sure that is a very happy time for them. Um, Britney Spears, you guys, congratulations goes out to Britney Spears for getting her first iPad. Uh, she has wanted an iPad for over a decade and she finally got one. And you're saying, Ryan, that's insane that somebody that powerful and rich could not get an iPad, but folks, that's what a conservatorship does. She did not have approval to buy an iPad. Uh, she sent a post on Instagram saying how excited she was about said iPad. Very grateful, very excited. Now that post has since been deleted. Are you hearing anything about any of this, Sophie? I saw about the iPad, but I don't know what's going on with the Instagram post. I can never keep up with what is happening on her Instagram. Honestly, it's a lot. Yeah. But- and 
Yeah. I'm glad that she got an iPad, but that's the kind of shit we're dealing with, folks. Also, Jamie Spears, her dad, filed a motion uh, in regards to the Free Britney case saying that his daughter is very mentally ill um, and that the actual conservator, Jamie Montgomery, um, agreed with him, even though that's not what Jamie is saying in her court, uh, her answering of the court documents. Uh, but, you know, my, my whole point is Britney Spears obviously does have some mental issues like a lot of Americans. But what I'm also saying is that Free Britney is not like just Free Britney is letting her choose how to help. Is She's saying she does not want her dad, you know, having her under his thumb. Free Britney is not saying that she is completely sane and all of this, you know, like Free Britney is just saying she should be able to be a part of her care. and being able to make those decisions or to get an iPad with the money that she is. So she's earned with so much work, you know, it's wild that she has, she has earned all of this money and it's been stolen from her. Like it's so, it's so freaking sad. Like she, you know, like obviously anyone who is having mental health struggles, like should be entitled to whatever help like that, that is like a no brainer. For me, it's like, why she can't afford an, she couldn't get an iPad. She couldn't like renovate her kitchen. You can see in pictures of her yard that all the grass is patchy and really needs like yard work. And like there, you can see that it really needs like to be kept up, like it needs to be maintained. She has enough money to do that. Where's the money? It's like, that is not given to her. And that's like just such a miscarriage of justice in every way. It's yeah. I mean, so it is funny to watch somebody that rich to be, get excited over something that we take for granted. I mean, not that any of us should take granted for granted an iPad. That's a really expensive instrument, but you would think Britney Spears would be like literally shitting iPads. Like, ah, oh, you want one here, here. Like yeah. you would think it would be so easy. And that's why it's just very interesting. This whole case. So really yeah, her uh, life has been stolen from her. Exactly. So send some positive thoughts to her. Um, also finally, uh, unfortunately, the New Orleans Jazz Fest has been canceled in October. Headliners are going to be Rolling Stones, uh, all of these. New Orleans Jazz Fest is just an amazing outdoor music festival, and they had pulled the plug. They're going to push it to April. My favorite band, Counting Crows, as you guys know, went on tour. They did their first night ever in two years, Saturday night in uh, Atlantic City. went great, and they've now had to cancel their next two dates because uh, there was an outbreak of COVID in the band. I'm really scared, you guys, that BravoCon is on the precipice of being canceled. So send some positive energy that that happens. Really try to be as safe as you guys can out there. Uh, I hope everybody gets vaccinated. I've, uh, uh, you know, it's not it's not a cure all, but it will help you if you. And I know I, I hate that this is like Greg Grippo. I hate that there's disagreement here. I just really don't want people to die, and I want to go to concerts again. I want to go to BravoCon and see everybody. Um, but it is sad because I love concerts so much. So to, I'm going to, it's going to break my heart to start seeing all of these mass concert announcements once we started getting everything going again, you know? Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We can, you know, get everyone vaccinated soon. Um, Sophie, go follow Sophie on all of her social medias. She is a champion to do this this late. I mean, what a, what a, what a, what a pro. I mean, so I go so my eyes i know i know i i'm, I'm uh would you ever write an article on greg and all of these things oh, like yes i am actually I okay am. good okay good uh, about it so stay tuned for that 
Uh, you guys watch the Bachelorette tonight uh, so we can talk about this next week. And uh, Sophie Ross, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. Uh, try to make it the best one ever and be safe out there, guys. Sophie, anything else? Um, no. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> you guys, the one and only Sophie Ross. Um, so that brings us to the end of the show. But I, like I said before, I, I just wanted to kind of talk some things out that I've been thinking about and uh, share my experience of going to this memorial service um, for my buddy's dad. Uh, my buddy is, is this gentleman named Adam Lamb. And Adam is from Arizona, um, but we never really, we, we didn't know each other. We went to ASU, Arizona State University, the Ivy League of the West, Harvard, if you will. And uh, I didn't get to meet him until I moved to Los Angeles. And I did, I was involved with a, a group of comedians called uh, uh, called the Groundlings. I don't know if you know of the Groundlings, but it is just a, it's a famed school in Los Angeles that Will Ferrell has come out of, Kristen Wiig, um, Phil Hartman, uh, Melissa McCarthy. So many comedy greats had got their start at the Groundlings. And I was always really scared to start classes there because you had to audition and you had to, you know, do all this stuff. But I got in and you start in this basic level. And one of the first people I met in that class was Adam Lamb. And he was the cool, I, you know, the, the life of a performing artist, you guys is there. It, it, it's, tricked out with so much kind of sadness and no's because no is what you hear the majority of times being a performance artist or uh, a performing artist or somebody that is trying to make a living out of this of, of entertaining people if you will um but the coolest part about being a performing artist or an actor or a comedian any of that is the people that you get to work with the people that you get to be around um I dare say that he was in class and still is one of the funniest men I've ever met in my life. There are some people that just have it, that just are hysterical, just in the way they, they talk, the way they act, the way they, he's a, he's a big dude, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he's just, he's a, I, I can't describe him cause he's very unique, you know, but it, it it shows you how messed up Hollywood is because in my, my thought, you know, God, this is how long was this? 18, 19 years. So long ago. Now life goes so fast. Kids remember, um, no, no, not. It was, yeah. Maybe 18 years. So anyways, I just remember saying like, well, geez, that guy's definitely going to be like a big character actor. That guy is going to be in comedies. I mean, you, you just had that feeling. You know, and I, I remember I had studied theater. I'd been doing plays for a lot of my life. And I was just like, man, that guy has talent. He was rough around the edges. He wasn't like a theater guy, but he was just so damn funny. He could make you laugh with anything. And he would always do his voice. He would always do a character based on his dad. And they would be like, hi, how you doing? I'm Jim Lamb. And I'm doing it really piss poor. But you guys, if you could hear him do it, you would just laugh. It's one of the voices that just gets you and, and the look he gets in his face when he does it. And it was just one of those recurring characters he would do in class that we would all just, holy, you, you, you couldn't help but laugh. 
you just laughed all. Uh, and the thing is, he he was like he's like Don Rickles too. I've never had my balls busted as hard ever as I have with by Adam Lamb. I remember I ran a marathon. Yeah, shocking. I ran a marathon when I quit smoking a long time ago because I just wanted to try to give myself a goal to stay off of smoking. And then I went back to smoking when I that first year when I got separated and divorced from my ex. Um, and luckily I quit and I've I've you know stayed cigarette free for like four years now. But I remember running this marathon and my mom being you know Becky Bailey. You know, we had this party afterwards and I was like, damn it. Like I had all these people. It was just a really nice celebration of, of this accomplishment. Um, and my mom was telling people at the party, I have a bloodline that runs through my ureter, which is just like, you wouldn't, the, re- the reason we know this is because I, I fell off a pool slide when I was young and the doctor told that. So my mom was going around very seriously going, it's just shocking he could do this. We never thought he could do stuff like this. He has a bloodline running through his ureter, which we don't know what why that even would mean anything. But Adam heard it. So Adam went around the party telling people, did you hear about Ryan's uh, bloodline through his ureter? His mom really wants everybody to know about this. And then my mom caught wind of Adam kind of making fun of her and my mom's always held something um against adam until until yesterday when she came with me to this memorial but he would just bust your balls he was that guy but he was the only guy that would make me laugh but like you know like i would want him to bust my balls he would make me laugh like i wanted him to make fun of me and uh, except when i got divorced and then that was really sad and i was like i don't want you to make fun of me but it was just one of those dudes, you know, it was one of those dudes that he just is gifted and we struck up a friendship. And when I was first in LA, like that, that was one of my best LA friends. It was me, him and this kid, Jeff White, who was another, I mean, we were kind of like three nerds, you know, and we were doing comedy together and doing it. And it was just, it was really, we would go out together and it was, it was just, it was really nice. We were the ner- we weren't the club guys. I was we were talking about this yesterday. We would go to uh, Adam's big thing. He loved these this dueling piano bar that was in Universal City Walk. Like you know, like kids in their twenties and all that. They're going to like hip, cool nightclubs, and we're going to dueling piano bars because we thought it was pretty cool, you know. And we were drinking like really sugary drinks, and that we were nerds, you know. It was like we were the guys that would hang out with just us guys. And we weren't looking or expecting to ever meet girls, you know, we were going out for the pure fun of going out. Like, yeah, we, it it wasn't a thought of like, let's go hit on some girl. That wasn't it. You know, that was never it. It was just, we were nerds. So of course we watched dueling pianos. So, you know, there were a couple periods over this time where me and Adam lost touch, you know, and then we would, you know, uh, you know, you'd lose touch as normal things and get back together. And then there'd be strings of time where we would hang out. And, um, but always just so damn funny, so damn talented. And I always knew how much, um, he loved his dad, you know, but it it wasn't like he's, he's a tough guy, but he would always be going to Arizona to hang out with his dad or taking, you know, like, Oh, my dad, uh, he, he got a motorized scooter. And I remember that being a thing for him, but he always did it with kind of like a sense of humor. And you could tell he ultimately just really respected and loved his dad. Um, and I know this last couple of years, I didn't get to be there as much as I would want to be for Adam, not because also he never would ask. And, and I was going through my own shit, you know, 
I remember, you know, like I, I was, I was really lost you guys. Um, after my separation and divorce, I, I was lost. It was really, it was a very scary time. I wish I could, uh, go back to that time just because it helped me lose weight. But other than that, it was just really scary. And I just didn't know, you know, I wasn't tethered to this earth. Um, but you know, Adam would from time to time check in. And then over the pandemic, we had texted a couple times or we would text about Howard Stern because we both listened to him and, and, you know, just, just checking in normal things. Um, and then we, uh, he auditioned for a game show over zoom for the game show network with Joey Fatone is the host and me and our buddy, Richie, we all did it over zoom, the audition and we made it and we were supposed to, um, record we got picked to record in a studio and we had to go get covid tests the whole thing and the day before we had to cancel because um you know because he said my dad's not doing well and we had to cancel and i was completely fine with that i was not you know I was a little scared to meet Joey Fatone, to be honest, from NSYNC. But I was like, okay, cool. And also, I've been on game shows before. I've been on a game show with my ex where I got the wrong answer and she yelled at me on 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 the game. You know, so I, I still, that's like my Vietnam, you know. Um, but I was like, fine. I was like, yeah, of course, Adam, let me know, man. And your family is the most important. And unfortunately, his dad, you know, ended up passing away. But I got a text from him. Uh, saying that, you know, my dad's memorial is, uh, and he lives in California as well, but, you know, he said his dad's memorial was this Saturday. And, I, you know, without question, I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I will see you there, period. You know, I love this dude. Uh, he's provided me with some of the, the best laughs I've ever had, but also really, really excellent friendship. And I wanted to be there for him, even in a small way. Um, and I didn't even know what to expect. And I got here and, and my mom said she would go with me because Adam was scared. He's like, well, we, you know, I, I'm scared that I'm not going to meet the bar minimum or something, you know, and bring, you know, your mom or whatever. And, and he's like, I, I swear to God, I won't make fun of your urine or you can bring your mom. And so, yeah, we went on Saturday at noon and it was really nice. There was this place, Culinary Dropout in, in Tempe, and I was kind of shocked. It was like a private room and he had blown up all of these pictures of his dad. And it was, you know, open bar, great food. And, you know, you start, you know, he would written all of these things about his dad and you see all these pictures and then, you know, you see all of the family members or friends and you start, you know, thinking about, you know, what a life means, you know, and how fast it can go. And I know this is the sad bastard part of this. So if you guys are here, great. If not, I totally get it. But, and I was with my mom, you know, and I, I was just, you know, you can't help but thinking, man, like, uh, oh, God, I hope I hope I never have to do one of these for my mom, which, by the way, my mom doesn't want me to do anything like my mom. <laughs> we have very specific instructions for what we're doing. Um, but uh, or, or even on the worst thing, I hope my mom never has to do something like this for me. You know, I hope that would I, I would hope I would I would, uh, you know, because that would just break her heart, you know. But then the speeches started and I, 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 
it was so beautiful. You know, you got to get a clear picture of this man who I had only met a couple of times, you know, of a man who, uh, who just cared about other people who would just give away his things to other people that needed it. Um, you know, he drove a taxi for a while and he would just give away free taxi rides to strangers that looked like they were in the Arizona heat. Um, and I always just thought, and also it seemed like a man that appreciated the, the, just, just life in general, the small things, a Thanksgiving Turkey, you know, he was very excited about any animal, even if it wasn't his own was his best friend, you know? And you also got the impression of what an amazing father and son relationship they had, that they were each other's best friends. And that's when I really felt for my buddy, Adam and Adam spoke and he, you know, immediately, you know, started tearing up and it's just like seeing one of your parents cry. Cause it just gets you immediately. You're just like, Oh, I'm going to start crying with him to make him feel good about his crying. But it just, it just gets you, you know, it just gets you. And I'm seeing my buddy say goodbye to his dad. Um, even though I'm sure his dad will always be with him, but, uh, he, I was so proud of him. It was one of the most beautiful speeches and, and, and at the end, so funny. And it was just, uh, incredible. And I, I got to find out a little bit more even about the last couple of months and how it really, it really wrecked Adam, you know? And I found out he's actually in therapy right now, which this man I would think would never go to therapy. And I was so proud of him because therapy, I think there is such a stigma against mental health in this country and what we do to better ourselves. And I, I, I always like to say in these podcasts, never think of therapy as a weakness. Think of it as a sword. Think of it as a weapon. Think of it as something that you can brandish. Something, it's, a, it's a point of pride. You care about yourself so much that you want to make sure you give yourself every possible way to succeed in life. You know, life is so complicated. Life is so hard. It's so hard to be happy sometimes. And if you have the courage to go to a therapist, oh my God. I was watching that Anthony Bourdain documentary and we all know, unfortunately, what the, you know, how Anthony Bourdain went and, and you just, uh, life can seem so pointless sometimes, you know, and especially as you get older, you start, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. You start just getting sick of your own shit because you're like, Oh my God, why am I not learning? It's been so long. Why am I still in these patterns? But that's where therapy comes into play. That's where, you know, I, I, I always say, just give yourself every possible leg up to try to achieve even a small amount of happiness. But anyways, I found out he did that and he told this beautiful story where he was talking about these things that he I couldn't, he was like, I couldn't even possibly begin to tell you how much this man means to me or how many things that he's done for me and everybody else. But I want to tell you one story that might, um, sum it up a little bit. And he talked about this, uh, how much that Adam's dad loved his dad who had passed away. And that for every one of his dad's birthday after his dad passed away, 
my buddy's dad would go to a Safeway and order a birthday cake for his dad. And Adam said, one, because the man just loved birthday cake. He just was insane. Like ins- he would eat it all by himself. He just loved birthday cake. But two, he wanted to respect, you know, show respect for his dad and show, you know, like just do something because he missed him so much every day, you know. And so one day um, he said he told Adam, he's like, I went into this grocery. I went into Safeway and I go up to the lady. And I say, Adam would kill me for trying to do this voice and not well. He's like, I'd like to get a, a cake for my dad, for my, for my dad. He's turning 117. And the lady was like, oh my God, 117. Holy, it will be my, it will be an honor to make. I've never heard of a man that old. That's amazing. And of course, Adam's dad did not correct her that uh, his dad was passed away had passed away a while ago. Uh, a long while ago and what he was doing, but they got to talking as he, as, as you know, he would with any stranger because he was just that guy, which I, man, I wish I could be that guy. I, I just don't talk to strangers. I get, I get so shy and they got to talking and it turned out this lady who was uh, putting the, the icing on the cake or the, the, the engraving, she said um, that her dad had passed away and that she really, really missed her dad really missed her dad and uh i guess as they were talking it said you know one of their things that uh she and her dad liked to do was that they really liked to drink pepsi together they like to drink a cold pepsi and and just chat together and uh so they were talking about that and so mr lamb went and uh you know unbeknownst to her and got her a cold pepsi and said hey this is from your dad and, uh, you know, sounds like a great man. And of course she teared up and, and thanked him. And, you know, he was always trying to just think of other people. And so Adam says, my dad's telling me this story and he's telling me this story. And he says, you know, Adam, I really do miss my dad. And Adam said, I saw my dad look into the distance and I told myself, Adam, just listen right now. Don't say anything. Just listen. Because the next thing that he's about to say is something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. Because it's going to be straight from his heart. And there was a pause. And then he said, That lady was pretty nice at the grocery, but my God, what a dummy. If she, if if my dad was turning 117, it would be on the news. It would be on the papers. Come on, I mean, nice lady, but a little dim-witted. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny, and we were all laughing through tears, and it was just so. It was, and but it reminded me, you guys, of those little. That's what life is about, right? Is those moments that we can create for other people to give something back, to love one another, and then to share each other's stories, right? Is that we all live on in memories. We all do. And hopefully if I ever pass away, even though I have excellent DNA, that maybe somebody will tell a story about me one day. And hopefully all of your families will tell stories about you. 
And hopefully that can make the world a little bit of a better place because we know it's tough out here, right? My uncle passed away a couple of years ago and I've told that story on the pod and, you know, I'll always remember, you know, he had hospice at his, at his house and me and my dad, I watched, it was his brother and I watched my dad take care of him. And, uh, we would just sit in there and we would listen to the beach boys. We would listen to the beach boys greatest hits album because that was my uncle Dale's uh, favorite band when he was in high school way back in Columbus, Ohio. And I remember we were, were drinking wine or me and my dad was and uncle Dale, you know, he is on so much medication, but he was just staring up and we had this beach boys CD on repeat, you know, God only knows by the beach boys. And I always remember that, that memory of watching my dad take care of his older brother. And he would always check in and he would always dale you up and he would always make a quick joke for my, for his brother to get him to laugh a bit. And you could see how much pain my dad was in watching this. And, uh, but I would, I would look over and sometimes my uncle Dale would just be staring at the ceiling and most likely he was just so zonked on drugs, but I was always just thinking like in that moment, I wonder if he's just replaying parts of his life or if this music is bringing back him in like some kind of convertible at high school, you know, after football practice or something and, and just trying to sit there and sum up a life and dealing with the cards that you get dealt. But that memory will always stay with me as well as all of the other amazing memories and all the hikes my Uncle Dale showed me. And that's why I hike, you guys. I hike because of my Uncle Dale. Uh, it's great exercise and I, you know, I always, you know, that's it is. But I did it because my Uncle Dale hiked every trail in California. And when he died, he gave me his hiking book. And so I always like, I'm going to do every trail in this hiking book. And, and I just, I do now, <laughs> I've got to be better at this since COVID. I just kind of do the one trail, but you know, I do that because I want memories of him to continue. Just like I know Adam is going to want memories of his dad, Jim to continue. And I know all of you guys want memories of your close friends and family to continue. And it's our job and it's our responsibility to do that. So I wanted to share that a little bit with you. Uh, you know, and then he, um, I wanted to share that with you just because, like I said, you guys kind of are my family at this point. I have a great family, but you guys are a part of it. And, uh, and then my buddy, Adam, I was just so impressed with, he put all of this together with his fiance, Stephanie. He, um, he put together this beautiful montage of all of these photos of his dad from his birth till now. And it was just so beautiful and funny. And he, he put it to one of my favorite pieces of music ever. And I played this on the podcast and I'm so sad it's good. This is just such an, a beautiful arrangement. But it's um, uh, Claire de Lune. Um, so I figured that would be a great uh, way to end this and uh, to say goodbye to Jim Lamb or we'll eventually see you again and, and just to celebrate our own lives this week, right? 
It doesn't have to be sad. We got so many beautiful moments and memories and TV shows and parties and all of that stuff ahead of us. So all we want to do is go out there. And if you see somebody this week that might need a little help, if you see a family member or a friend or just a stranger that you can help, just try to, you know, let's put a little bit of a better world out there this week. And and it doesn't have to be big. It can be small. It can be the smallest thing. But maybe just do that and it might be cool. I'm going to try to do it. And I'm not trying to be preachy. And I know this might come off a little melodramatic or whatever. But like, let's just do some small shit that might help some people. Anyways, I love you guys. And uh, I'm going to leave you with Debussy. What a beautiful piece of music. Bye.
Betches.